Hey, welcome everybody. I'm CJ Lou. Welcome to the Fired Up with CJ show. Today we have a show that I've just almost cannot contain myself because I'm so excited to talk to William Burham, who is the author of this book, Adventures Beyond the Body. And it's how to experience an out-of-body travel experience. And I found this book completely, utterly fascinating. I've been trying for think probably last seven days to have an out-of-body experience, although I think I'm usually ungrounded and out of my body most of the time anyways, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> so welcome, William. Hi, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. So um, you've been doing, so you've been traveling basically for 40 years doing yeah. uh, this and uh, out-of-body, having this out-of-body experience. Um, and tell me, in those 40 years, what what are the three ways it's changed your life? Oh, it's changed everything. I, it's three. Wow. I, I write about 28 <laughs> different uh, profound changes that OBEs initiate in people. Uh, uh, well, the one major one would probably be that I was an agnostic back in 1972. Uh, no, mm-hmm. one no one could have convinced me that this was real, that people had this capability. I mean, there's no way that uh, I was materialistic as anyone. I was in college at the time, studying philosophy and uh, biology and all kinds of things. But um, I, did, I had no background in this subject. And uh, when I had my first out-of-body experience, it, it just blew me open to a whole new reality. It changed my entire way of viewing the world and myself and it just opened me up to all the, the, the potential of what we truly are. So it, it was so many changes that occurred, but that's probably the, that was the beginning. It just, it's like you realize that you were living in a box that's based on other people's opinions. And most people don't even think about that, but we do. Everybody yeah. lives within this parameter, this, essentially it is a box of, of other people's ideas of what you should be. Mm-hmm. And then you suddenly realize, oh my God, I'm a non-physical being and I have the capacity to actually leave and explore these other dimensional realities in full consciousness. I mean, it's it, it's just awesome. And yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, I, it I is. Wrote down, I wrote down, it's like, hey, you know, you don't have to actually watch Star Trek. You can be the Captain Kirk of your exactly. ship, yeah, right? It, All you have to do is sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> it's something yeah. that's natural to our whole process. So tell us, for people who don't know about what uh, out-of-body experience and and there seem to be so many different names. I'm not even sure if any of these things are different or the same, but there's astral projection, there's yoga mm-hmm. nidra, there's uh, lucid dreaming, there's shamanic journeying. There, there's so many different ways in which we can now leave this world. The world has gotten so bad we need to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, yes. how are these – how is out-of-body out experience the same, different? How is it similar to these things? Well, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of terminology out there and a lot of semantics. Um, basically, an out-of-body experience is a separation of consciousness from the physical body. Mm-hmm. Uh, full consciousness, um, where you are fully aware, fully conscious, uh, without a question. In other words, it's as real as, as, as our conversation is now. I mean, there's, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. And um, there are, because the universe is as we have found uh, about consciousness, there's many different levels and let's just call it layers of reality that's available to explore. And there's different terminology. 
Now, a lucid dream, of course, you brought up this hot topic of lucid dream. Um, I consider that to be a different experience. I'm, I'm also a lucid dreamer. To me, a lucid dreamer is a step down from an out-of-body experience because you don't have the same control. You don't have the same full awareness present in your experience where you're... So I think it's a stepping... To me, it's a stepping stone. What, what is lucid dreaming then? What, lucid what is dreaming is essentially when you become lucid or aware while you're dreaming. In other ah, words, okay. the dream you suddenly become aware of the fact that you're dreaming, which is a major leap of consciousness. It's like, uh, I think I'm aware in this dream and I'm beginning to take some kind of uh, conscious control of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, it's a form. Now, what I teach and have taught for 20 years is that we can take a lucid dream. And there's different levels of lucid dreaming, by the way. But we can take this experience and upgrade it or awaken it even further to initiate a fully conscious out-of-body experience. Mm. So it's about it's always about degree or percentage of consciousness that's available that we're using in our experiences, I feel. And when you say fully conscious, do you mean like I'm fully conscious? I could be doing a math problem. Fully conscious is that my mind is alert and aware of what's going on. What does it mean to you? Because I think people throw that term around a lot, and I'm not even sure what it means, especially in this context oh, of when you're sleeping. Yeah, it's a good question. I'm talking about full awareness. At least this is my baseline. I think that's what what's important. The baseline is at least as consciously aware as we are right now. Oh, Lord, this help is, us. <laughs> This is the minimal. This is the minimum baseline of what I would consider fully aware okay. of our beingness, of our presence in this in a certain reality, whatever that reality may be. So and maybe like I'm conscious of the sights and the smells and the feelings that I I mean in this reality I'm at least conscious of that part of my waking reality. Um, <laughs> but are you saying that that? that same amount of consciousness would be operating while I'm sleeping. Yes. Yes. And it's, and it's, and I, I, I've been saying this for 40 years, of course, but Tibetan yogis and throughout history, this has been, this is nothing new, really. Yeah. I mean, the, the Tibetan yogis have been practicing uh, ways of moving out of body for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, when you think about it, put it in context, what is what people term a spiritual experience, but the ability to transcend the body? Mm -hmm. I mean, essentially, when you look at all the biblical, mystical experiences, whether it be St. Paul's experience, where he talks about being whether in the body or out of the body, I know not, or revelations where they talk about this, this 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 mystical sound and suddenly i'm in a new reality described right. magnificent cities what what were these people doing throughout it <laughs> they were not they were that's not, a good they, question yeah they were not obviously they weren't in their bodies yeah they're experiencing different realities the classic one is the quran where the entire quran is based on the out-of-body experience of muhammad yeah and wow. his night i didn't realize that whoa oh whoa. absolutely wow Many of the religions are based on these, but it's these mystical experiences beyond the body. And today we just use the term out of body as a general term to cover them all. Wow. 20 years ago, the term was astral projection. 
Okay, but it's one in the same. Those two. Terms it's one in the same, same, basically. An out-of-body experience is is just a general term meaning any form of projection beyond the body or yeah, awareness yeah. beyond the body. Okay, so here's a. This is maybe a technical question or perhaps a ridiculous question, or a, both both ridiculous and technical. Um, <laughs> so when you you're sleeping there, what what is happening? You said you know you have your unconscious, you have your you have your unconscious, you have your conscious mind, you have your body, you have your spirit, you have your mind. What's happening to all these different parts of you as you're traveling? Well, there's a part of you, of course, whatever part that you have activated is a part that you're aware of. But there's many, we are multi. One thing that I and others have discovered from just having out-of-body experiences is that we are multi-dimensional beings. And a lot of people, and people forget this, but even the concept of heaven, hell, purgatory, what are, this is four dimensions they're discussing here. There's different realities. Now, people forget that. Now, let's put it in a more modern context. The universe we have discovered is multidimensional, and the physical world is like the thin epidermis layer. It's the outer crust. It's a, the, what, is, what was I found unbelievably exciting was the fact that the vast majority, 99% of the universe is non-physical. And that the physical world, as we try to pretend is the baseline, is not the baseline at all. Mm -hmm. It's like the outer part that is the end result of a chain of events of thought, because thought is the creative process, mm -hmm. the creative energy that creates every, everything that's form-based. So this whole idea of even what is reality and what re what's real has to be re, let's just say, re-examined. Because we exist in many dimensions because right now we are in all dimensions and we are using, in other words, when we feel, when we have feelings, we're feeling our emotional body. When we think we're feeling our intellectual energy body, our body of thought. Now we take it for granted, but we're actually using multiple bodies right now, all of us are. Right. Every biological life form is. Okay, so to answer my original question, it sounds like it's whatever. It's like what you pack. Whatever you pack, you take with you. If you take your conscious mind and your unconscious mind and your soul, it you pack that with you, it goes on your astral travel to these many, many different realities that are, you said millions of different realities that are out there. Yes, yes, there's countless realities. We have no idea how many. It's, and, uh, it's countless. And do we have to have a passport to get in? Like, how can, <laughs> I mean... When are we let into a place? Because I heard a radio interview where you made an interesting comment where you said, um, you know what, a Muslim would go to a Muslim reality, a Christian would go to a Christian reality. We have different realities. And then I've read some stuff on the internet that says we are only admitted to the level of consciousness we can, you know, so somehow like if you have a certain consciousness stamp on your passport, you are admitted. Otherwise, you're not, your visa is not valid in this reality. How does it work? Well, it's a it's about residence. Uh, it's there's a term called resident tuning. In other words, we consciousness will have a tendency to experience other states of consciousness that they can identify with and be comfortable with. It's essentially that we do the same thing in the physical world. We forget that mm. uh, we end up every city. Every, every group is a consensus reality. They're created by the collective thoughts of that group. And that's what I was referring to. Oh, 
when people die, they enter a collective reality of essentially like minds that have the similar kinds of beliefs. In other words, they're comfortable in that vibrational reality. And that's why a Muslim would, or let's just say a, a right-wing religious person, whoever they would, would be, would end up in that, in another, in a consensus reality that conforms to their beliefs. Because it's like oil and water. You would go to the energy level that conforms to your belief system, your state of consciousness, etc. It's all about consciousness always. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of boring. I mean, <laughs> I, and that's what I write about in my new book. It becomes extremely boring. Yeah, no change, no, no conflict, no ability to grow. Right? That's what I would imagine if I was just going into these worlds, listening to other people who think like me all the time. It'd be horrible. <laughs> well, there, there's, there's always some form of uh, challenge in any reality because uh, you're dealing with different individuals trying to integrate their, uh, their feelings and beliefs and thoughts. But you're right. Uh, in my new book, I, I try to convey that, that, yeah. that people become in the afterlife is not the end. We have this concept of that's the end. And it's yeah. just the beginning. It's not. It's like a page in a book. Yeah, it's like a transition. Yes, and it's just a transition into another reality. And then it's our choice where we go from there because there's many realities we can explore. Mm -hmm. Many people will be, let's just say, reunited with loved ones after they die, but they may choose to move on to another reality that's right. maybe in their own mind more creative, more challenging, more exciting, whatever they're looking for because it is present. It's up to them to choose. What's the intention of these realities? And you're with a bunch of different people who kind of think alike, walk alike, <laughs> they're like you. What do you think would be the possible intention of a reality like that? Well, uh, we live in one now. The physical world is a consensus reality. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Our, our cities are made. I lived in Shanghai, China. So it would suck. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just saying that just we kidding. do it all the time. You know, do, I know you're totally fair. I guess we do it all the time. I guess, um, and it's a matter of us to choose what we're comfortable with. So we either decide to conform, or we challenge ourselves and push ourselves to go further. Oh, interesting. interesting. Isn't that true? They were in the physical world as well. Yeah, some people, true. some people. Let's face it; they'll sit on their couch and just watch TV forever. And other people are driven to explore the world and climb mountains and skydive. And it's all in the individual's choices and how they make them. Now I can be driven to sleep and it will be worthwhile endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I can sleep and have it be part of my life. That's a positive, adventurous part. Okay, so I have a tech, another technical question. This is more about just general out-of-body experience. The silver cord. What is it? You describe it You describe it as a fibrous substance similar to a spider web that's connected between your physical body and, and the body of all life forms. Would you let me to go, what does that mean? What does that mean, body of all life forms? Well, I, what I was describing in my first book um, was the, I observed the silver cord as, as now it's come, become known, right. uh, of, of a dog. It wasn't even a human. It was my dog McGregor back in like 19, I forget what year, but I was, I, I actually was staring and observing in this, in this life form, this dog, the silver core was like a spider web in the human form. It's, it's sometimes what I've observed and others have 
it could be about an inch in diameter exiting from the the back of the in other words right around the right around the yeah at the back here yeah because i could reach it and touch it and others have done this. Other authors and other explorers have done this also. Like but the it's, Matrix. It's not, that's where they're plugged in, right? Yeah, it is. And I think that's where they got the idea from the yeah. Matrix, actually. But the, what's fascinating was this, a lot of people assume this is connected to soul. It is not. Hmm. Soul exists way beyond in vibrational. It's way beyond. This is, has nothing to do with soul. This is a connection between our outer biological dense body, this dense temporary vehicle of right, consciousness, right. and the next vehicle of consciousness, which are what many people today call the astral or the etheric, depending on your, I don't want to get caught up in this, this, this terminology, yeah. but it's our next major vibrational vehicle of consciousness. And this body, it's, remember, every, the energies are always stepped down from energy vehicle to energy vehicle because the, the vibrations of soul are much higher than the physical or the astral. I see. So, is this, so this energy body version of us at this higher vibration, it's connected through this silvery cord. And is, it, is the intent of it like a tether so that we don't get lost? Or what's the intention of the cord? As far as I and others can tell, and there's a lot of there's been a lot of people exploring this. Uh, it distributes um, that life giving. Some people would call it prana. Let's say mm -hmm. I'm just yeah. throwing out a term that people can identify with. It gives us that's the energy needed to operate and manage and to basically bring life to. A, a massive cells, a biological vehicle. Oh wow! It's like an electrical outlet. Then that's like the in thing that's giving sense, us energy. It's 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 our energy. It is it is a source of our ultimate source of the energy that keeps our biological body. Uh, okay, so I've seen a lot of watch out for your cord. Don't let your cord cut. Is it, it, that cannot happen. Uh, I, I I know that you die right, like you get unplugged, like the. But it, it cannot happen. No, and I know this. I how know. Do you, how do you know this? Detail. Well, because I have tried. What do you mean you've tried? There's people, not only myself but others, just out of experimentation, people have tried to break that cord just to see if it was possible. I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but a lot of people experiment with different things. It's the only way you can ever know anything is to take risk and take chances. Yeah, and people yeah. have actually experimented with it. And they, yes, I know it sounds bizarre. Because they say you'll get lost because they, it, no, you people describe it as like a tether. You're going to get lost or. Now, none of that is true because you know, you know why all that is false. The very thought of your body, instantly you're back. Instantly you're back. I know that from trying this. I just think. Yes, it's, oh. it's, it's actually the opposite is difficult. It's difficult to stay out of your body. Because we're so conditioned to believe that our body is us. Most people have a very difficult time separating. Right, I do. As of this conditioning factor. Remember, we've been conditioning from birth to believe that we're a biological life form. You've been conditioned from birth to believe you're, you're a biological female. Right. And that's not what we are at all. We're not male or female. Consciousness is neither male nor female. Consciousness just is. It's life source energy conscious energy that's we're a species of non-physical energy using bodies as vehicles of exploration and evolution that's what we are 
That's huge. Yes, it is huge, but it's it's the raw truth. And it's difficult for people to accept that because the fact we're so obsessed with this idea that we're a biological life form. No, we're just epic Shakespeare actors in a play, right? We just yes, in a sense poured into whatever actor or actress that's that's there. All right, going back to consciousness, then. So when you're going to these different levels, there's these shifts in consciousness that I've heard you. What is the shift in consciousness that's happening as you move? It's like, is it the consciousness of I was in this body, this, you know, thing that I was poured into? No. What happens as you float? What happens with your consciousness when you are able to do astral projection? Well, that depends on the individual. Most people at the very beginning, um, they will they will still see a physical like surroundings around them because they have identified themselves with that kind of reality and they won't go beyond it. Mm-hmm. Many people never leave their home because they're comfortable in that the safety net of that environment. Only, But as you become more comfortable, it's like a child in a crib and your home is your crib. I mean, you're and you, but as you become more aware of your capabilities, in other words, you have the ability when you're out of body to fly, to walk through walls. There's really no limits. Mm-hmm. You can fly to any destination on the planet. You can observe anything you want, but most people don't. They can't accept that capability yet. Mm-hmm. So they they essentially stay close to their home base, which is I their body. See. All right, so we um, we are receiving some questions in the chat room, which are to how do you do this, which I definitely will answer. So I want to know to tell the folks in the chat room we're going to answer that. But what I want to do, and which I think is really pivotal to figure out how to do this, is to removing your fears about it. Because as I'm from reading your book, um, which is Adventures Beyond the Body, for folks out there, um, one of the most critical things you said is to make sure that you address your fears. And like the cord, there's lots of like information floating out there that are actually permeating, at least for me, and I'm wondering yes. to what extent they're, they're um, for other people. But one of the fears that I read was about possession. So, you know, a lot of spiritual beliefs are that, you know, your body, when you actually have your spirit leave, there's like, a, now it is an empty vessel, which other entities no. can pour into. Yes, it's totally false. Number one. <laughs> Have you tried to pour someone else into you to see? <laughs> well, I'm, no, no, it's not, not that. It's just I, I know because every night I've, I've actually seen people sleeping. I've seen animals sleeping. You know, everyone leaves their body when you fall asleep. They hover out of sync of their body. Oh, that's fascinating. That, can and they're see that. all seven billion people. The act of falling asleep. Where are you falling when you fall to sleep? Think about it. Where are you going? Where is your consciousness going? It actually begins to make a shift. And you, most people will literally, not not most, everyone, all of us, all animals, they all move slightly. I'm not saying they float up at the ceiling. They move out of sync. It could be an inch, two inches, depending on their fear. In other words, we are all out of body when we're sleeping. Right. We're out of phase with our bodies. Right. So the we're all, so if that's the case, us, everybody yeah. would be totally vulnerable to some kind of attack. Mm-hmm. See, in other words, this is a total falsehood. Yeah. I, in 40 years, 41 years of having out of body experience, I have never had an issue with this. And I know thousands of explorers. Now, this is the, this is the rub. If you believe 
in possession, which I don't, mm -hmm. then you are vulnerable. Just like if you believe in voodoo, you are vulnerable to voodoo mm -hmm. because our thoughts create reality. Right. We create the openings. Right. We create the, the, we create it all. Right. People forget how powerful they are. People forget that they create their reality with their own thoughts. And if you consider yourself, I consider myself a powerful spiritual being who absolutely can create any reality I choose. I know that because I've done it. Mm -hmm. But if on the flip side, if I feel like I'm a disempowered, totally, let's just say totally weak, powerless individual, like unfortunately many religions have taught us. Right conditioned us to believe that we're powerless sinful creatures that that deserve nothing then we are that is the mindset that makes people vulnerable yeah, so in some ways in order, when you do this traveling you have to be super conscious about what's happening in your head because if you have these disempowering thoughts or fearful thoughts we will you will create that reality just like in this reality yes it's that's different in here yeah. People create their reality when they begin to take control of their thoughts in the physical world. The same applies in every reality, except things happen faster. As we move into the non-physical realities, yeah. we're yeah. moving into a more thought-responsive, quicker-responsive reality to our thoughts. So things are happening faster and faster and faster. And mm -hmm. this is the part that people miss completely. That's why you have to be grounded in your own. That's, that's why, what do the shamans tell people? They're, they're all of their chilas or students. Own your power. Yep. That is one of the main things they teach in shamanism. Why? Why does a shaman stress that you own your power? Well, because, because if you if, don't, yeah. If you don't own it, someone else will. Right, right. And this well, applies in the physical world. So then I would think, though, that someone who has those, because if you have a bunch of disempowering beliefs, if you actually have a bunch of fears, then probably going into this world, I don't. Would it be fun? I mean, if you're because you're going to be going into those things, right? It depends on the individual. You're absolutely right. People will bring up their own things. Yeah. People will bring up your own fears. Come up. I talk about this in my workshops extensively. Yeah. I, I don't sugarcoat it. I'm not saying that there's nothing out there to, of course, there's always stuff going on because this is a wide, wide world with many states of consciousness. But it's up to us to take control always of our state of consciousness. It's up to us to learn how to empower ourselves hmm. and not be the result of others, let's just say random thoughts hmm. of others. And okay. the same applies to the physical. How many people are manipulated in the physical world? Yeah. Men. Yeah. Men. It's a, the interesting, <laughs> that's the interesting thing about the parallels. The same thing that happens in this universe happens in every other universe or realities out there. So one of the things in your book, you speak a lot about this, so controlling your thoughts. So you could say, and so I, I see some questions in the chat room saying, can you get lost? So, you know, in some ways, the way that you don't get lost is you say, get to back to my body now. Like you use your thought. Well, if you wish to return, you're instantly return to your body anytime. Yeah, you think of your finger and you're automatically come back to your body. Right. That's, that's the easiest thing in the world to do. Right. The hard part is to prolong your experience and to try to stay focused. Okay. That's the part that needs training. All right, I have another question about that. So I, I have no idea if I had 
an experience or not. All I know is I woke, I woke up, I did this thing. I had a couple things. One time I tried it and I could feel the vibrations that you were talking about when, um, when you're talking about. So the steps, as I understand it, as first is that you have to get your mind wrapped around the goal and the orientation. If I want to do an out-of-body experience, I want to be conscious while I'm sleeping. So you get your mind in the right frame of mind, including removing all the different fears. That seemed to be step one, as I recall. Is that right? Yeah. And then step two it, is when you're there. Reappraise your state of consciousness. Say that again. Reappraise your beliefs and your state of consciousness. Okay. And try to really examine yourself. What yeah, do you affirm. Okay, yeah. Why am I doing this? What's my goal when I'm going yeah, What's here? your motivation? What's, what's your motivation? And All that's, that's important. And then saying there's one method in which you have affirmations where you say it over and yes. over and over again. And then when you're – then you keep on repeating almost like a mantra. I want to be – you know, I want to be – Conscious while I'm sleeping, or I can't remember. Now I'm out of body is one. Now I now I'm out of body is a is a common one. Now now I consciously go beyond my body. Okay, so here's the question. That's, if, that's the individual. Because when I say body, then I go right back to my body. Exactly. That's why many people use other terms. There's okay. many. That's why I wrote books on the topic. But <laughs> there's a lot. There are things that, and everybody responds to different kinds of approaches. Yes. I want to make this very clear. Affirmations is one. I write about 40 different techniques. Right. Affirmations is only one. Right. Different people. Some people are very much creative and can visualize well. That about 30% of people are terrible. Right. So a visual technique or a creative visualization technique is not will not work well with someone who can't Visualize well. Right, they right. have to find the approach that resonates with them. Right. So, so if you're kinesthetic, go through a kinesthetic one where yes, you're feeling like something, or if you're if you're an auditory person, maybe do the mantra where you're repeating something, a sound, or something like that. It's very important. Yeah. Because a lot of people will try a technique that, and then after 30 days, they give up and they say, "Oh, I forget." It didn't work. Yeah. But it's it's often because they didn't select the right technique for them. Yeah. That's that plays. In other words, play to your strength. Right. That's why you should do the self-analysis. That's why I provided a self-examination to some degree in my books. Right. Because I want people to be, be to know way where, where they stand in their strengths and weaknesses. So, for instance, some people respond well to hypnosis. Right. And some people don't. Know which way you are. Now I saw that you had a bunch of CDs, or did the CDs provide like hypnosis? Yes. And I know you're a hypnotist, so I thought I, I may just listen to your CD and just, you know, because I'm, I'm easily hypnotized. Although don't well, take that, advantage of me because of that. <laughs> that's impossible. But yes, um, if many people are, hypnosis is a very powerful tool. I also use a lot of sound technology. I, I do a six-day workshop at the Monroe Institute. And, of course, the Monroe Institute is famous for hemisync. And using, we use an amazing amount of very high tech, let's just say sound frequencies that will assist people to go into a deep altered state. You have to be able to relax. You have to be able to go deep. Is it just That's getting your brain, brain in a theta state like shaman music does? And it yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. That's one way to do it. Okay. That's, that's the oldest form of binaural beats. Is essentially drumming. Yeah, listening to indigenous music. All right, so I, I have a couple more fear-oriented questions. They have to do with sleeping because I love sleeping. So my question has to do with 
Because <laughs> I, I, I've been trying this over the last seven days. I've been trying these out-of-body experiences, as I said, and I did feel the vibrations. And then I want, I think I'm feeling that vibration in my body. And boom, went right back to my <laughs> yeah. body. It's like, oh, damn. <laughs> that that's, yeah, that's very calm. Okay. And then I, then I actually, the other day, I was half awake, half asleep. And I said, I'm going to be consciously aware of my sleep. And then I went and I said, jump out the window. And I started to think about my body because I thought, oh, I want to expand this energy across my body. So I started doing that. And then I, and I, and then I thought, no, don't do that because then you'll be in your body again. So I said, just jump out the window. So then I <laughs> just, because I know that you said it's very responsive to thoughts and commands. So I said, jump out yeah. the window of your house. And then I went and I don't know where I went, but I had the most either bizarre dream or out of body experience. I'm not sure what it was, but when I woke up, I thought, I'm done with my experience, which I wouldn't normally have had that thought. And then when I woke up, it the weird thing was is I felt like my body had been emptied. I actually, my chest was like, it felt like it was caved in almost. And my muscles, like it, it felt like my body had been deflated. Is this imagination or is this part of the experience or did I, was I just sleeping funny? Well, I, I, it's hard for me to, uh, every person's, let's just say every person will, Get a feeling for this to, this this process in a different way. I I can't really analyze what it was for you, but that only you can decide your own experience. So yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it felt like. Uh, but it sure like sounds that. like it when vibrations are often part of the experience. Yeah. Uh, let's put it that way. Much of the stuff that you just discussed are elements that are part of an OBE. For instance, paralysis. Yeah, Many people feel. Okay, well, that's that is a very common. I came back and I was like, I can't even move. Like I felt. Oh, that's that's a good indication that it may have been an OBE. Okay, I couldn't it's remember anything though. But it's up to you to determine that. I see. Okay, you're not going to be able to give me a quality assessment of my OB experience. <laughs> no, no, I think because remember, your mind is always the one that's making the determination. Yes. Okay, but, uh, then, uh, that's a that's a clear indication. That's a strong possibility. No, now you know because they talk about now about the importance of sleep, and so here I am disrupting my sleep because I'm now instead of sleeping, I'm traveling all over the place. Is it? I think your answer is going to be like you were doing that anyways. Now you're just being conscious, or is there any disruptive part of of sleeping and doing this stuff in terms of the quality of the sleep and the health benefits that you get from sleeping? that's disturbed by doing any of this? I have not found that. I, I've, I have not found it to be, let's, let's just say, it, it's not a negative as far as health benefits. I'm 63 years old and I'm feeling great. Okay. Uh, uh, Bob Monroe lived to be in his late 80s. I mean, there's many explorers, uh, OBE explorers, that have been lived very pr highly productive lives into their 70s and 80s. Okay. So uh, I think that's kind of proof of it doesn't hurt. As a matter of fact, I think it's the other way. Many people feel it provides healing because you're going deeper into yourself where healing, because isn't it said that healing comes from within? Everybody says yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. But when during an OB, where are we going? Within. Mm -hmm. We're going to the source. We're closer to that. Let's just say the source of healing, the yeah. source of knowledge. Yes. The source of self-knowledge. We actually have an opportunity to get closer 
Right. To that source. I didn't and, think about that. So then in fact, in some ways, yeah, maybe, maybe waking up at three o'clock and doing an out of body experience, but at the same time, you're getting this incredible healing energy because you're getting closer to the vibrational source. I didn't even think about that. That's oh, absolutely. Many people have said that they don't need as much sleep. Okay, it's so silly, but it depends on the individual. And is sleep necessary? Because I do sh I do shamanic journeys, and other people have all sorts of different. You know, people do meditations where they're doing stuff, and they're not actually sleeping. Is sleeping needed in order to have these kind of journeys? Yes, generally speaking, people will click. We call it click out. Uh, you'll lose conscious awareness. The vast majority of people will lose consciousness of their physical body. And then there's often a transitional period where there'll be numbness, vibrations, temporary paralysis of vibrations that may start in some part of the body and expand out. I, I write about this extensively in my book, What right. to Expect. Yeah. Because everybody's different. There is not, everybody will experience, we call it the vibrational state. Mm -hmm. It's all of the phenomena that can occur as you're moving into this altered state of consciousness and then into an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different phenomena that's associated with it. hearing your name called, mm -hmm. being touched, lifting or falling or sinking is very common. All of these things are common. Mm. So it's very, it's good to get a, become aware of these things because then you can begin to journal them. It's important to journal all of this phenomena because mm -hmm. then you get a better idea how to, because mm. it's important to stay calm See, most people, like you, you mentioned, you, people get excited. Right. Once you get excited, it kills it. Yep. So it's very important to stay totally calm. Yes. Even when these vibrations are occurring. Yeah. There's when And just allow, surrender to it is what I tell people. Yeah, I do. did completely the opposite. I started getting excited yeah. and then I went out of it immediately upon yeah. doing that. Most people do. <laughs> it's also quite shocking at the beginning for people. It is. I actually had a spawn. Now, now that I've read your book, I never knew what this was, but I was actually sleeping and I went and I went, boom, it was black. And I don't know where I was and I was merged with everything. I started, I tried to look for my hand and it didn't exist because I didn't exist. I went into some blacked out reality and I didn't know what it was, but I think I'd had an out of body experience, but I wasn't trying to have an out of body experience. I was just having... Yeah what I think you describe as, is that what a spontaneous out-of-body yes, experience is? And by the way, most out-of-body experiences are spontaneous. Oh, okay. By far. So, spontaneous OBEs are far more prevalent than near-death experiences. Hmm. In fact, in our lifetime, everyone will have one. Let's face it, everyone, our whole evolutionary journey is out-of-body hmm. because all of us are moving out-of-body. Everyone's going to experience this. That's what's kind of, when you think about it, it's pretty wild. Yeah. People say, well, I may check check that out. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, oh, you're going to check it out all right. Because you're going <laughs> to avoid it. Why not become knowledgeable about something that is critically essential to our entire evolutionary cycle? Because we are evolving beyond matter. Right. All of it. There's no escaping that. Yeah. Death is just a transition of consciousness. It's an OBE. Yeah. And it's That's important. what it is. It's just you're not coming back. You know, it's funny. I just, I literally, and I'm not really sure why the universe has brought all these things on or why I've brought these things in the universe, but I just finished a shaman workshop and it was about death, dying, and beyond. And what they have you do is they have you map out the cosmology of, of death. What happens when you leave the body? 
where do you go? Do you want to go up? Do you want to go down? Do you want to go sideways? And when you do go, what do you see? And the, and the reason why you do that is that you won't be afraid of dying. And then you also know where you're going to go, and you also have a sense of what to experience, which is, I imagine is exactly all the reasons why you'd want to have an out-of-body experience. Yes, it's preparation. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely. The more comfortable you are with your future environment, the more empowered you will be in that environment. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's like anything else. You're more practiced. Right. It's all about this is about OBEs is is, is essentially about self-empowerment. Right. It's right. about becoming knowledgeable about who we truly are as non-physical beings. Mm. And that's what's so important about it because you can read a million books but you're not going to get it. Right. But right. one experience one experience suddenly you i'm trying to get that one experience (laughs) okay it suddenly it's it makes all the difference i know i want it i want it badly it's there all right i have a couple of questions in the chat so um is it true that they have to be under hypnosis right is it true can only people do this when they're under hypnosis um that they would do awake i'm not sure it's something i I assume you can like you said you don't have to be from there's 40 different techniques you don't have to be under hypnosis no of course not Okay. Most people just the key is just to get relaxed. And then the other question was, do you have to practice this? And the answer is yes. So how yes. often do you practice this? How do you, okay. how have you logistically carved out your schedule to practice this? I, I I treat this just like someone would treat meditation. Mm-hmm. It's a daily practice for thirty minutes. It's doable. It can fit. I don't I don't teach going in. This is not about going in some cave. Right. And and be and dis dis is disconnecting from society. You treat it just like you would a meditation practice, but it needs to be daily because you have to reprogram your subconscious mind to accept this new capability of you being able to expand your awareness beyond your biological limits. But I don't get it, William. How about if I'm not tired? You're saying like, okay, go to sleep at five in the evening if you're not tired, and just to do. No, it's not about laying. It's just like, how would you meditate? I do it middle of the day, for instance. But then you're well, sleeping you know, in the middle of the day for thirty minutes. I don't always, I don't always get to that point. But I lay down. I lay down on my couch. Huh. I, I will do my. Let's just say you're doing the affirmations. Mm-hmm. I will get. I'll count myself down. I do my own self hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Ten, relaxed. Nine, relaxed. Eight, relaxed. I count myself down. Uh-huh. I go into a nice relaxed state, and then I begin. This is very common. Then people or begin their affirmations. In other words, you saturate your mind with your intention because intention is the engine that drives us. And you hold your intention as your last conscious thought. You may go to sleep. You may not. In meditation, you can also go to sleep, can't you? People fall yeah, asleep. Absolutely. I do it in journeying a lot. My yeah. husband jerks. Dude. He's like, you're just taking a nap. I'm like, no, I'm going on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're saying so during that 30 minutes you just make you carve out time and it may happen it yes. may not don't expect every time to have a no 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 it's no more than it's kind of funny people practice meditation like you've been doing it you said seven days yeah how many pe- people I, I tell people you do it for 60 days at least give it 60 yeah it's like meditation nobody expects to be a, the Buddha in 30 days do they no, when no. they meditate right they don't. Yeah. Yet in this, they expect some <laughs> profound um, revelation to occur, or they say, oh, it's not real. I mean, it's silly. It's just like 
meditation. There's <laughs> right. no difference. Carve out time. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, if it that's doesn't okay. great. You, you, you have it's to then you get the same benefits of, as meditation. Yeah. Okay. I get it. That's totally still the monkey mind. You've <laughs> accomplished things just by doing that. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. All right. So I want to answer a very high level steps of what are the four steps to, and that you can, you give the high level steps and um, we have four more minutes. Uh, what are the high level steps? High level steps. Yeah. You have them in your book. <laughs> As far as the steps, I, I talk about a lot more than four because oh, it depends know, on the individual and there's a lot more to it than that. Number one, you have to become totally relaxed. Yes, remain you calm. Keep a journal. One. Remain calm. Yeah, keep yes. a journal. Make a journal. That's very important because it's all about reprogramming your mind. Get completely relaxed. Find a technique that will get you relaxed. Some people use hemisync. Mm -hmm. Some people use meditative music. Right. Whatever it takes to put you into, and then you have to find a way to place yourself into a, essentially what is today called a trance state, right. where you, which is nothing more than becoming relaxed, but still attentive, mm -hmm. but relaxed. Then you place your affirmation or intention, and then you select a technique and you do it as you're allowing your body to drift more and more and try to hold your intention as your last conscious thought as you allow your body to let go mm -hmm. i mean it's that is it okay, it's just wait, a matter just, i'm going to read your other steps <laughs> from your sure book. go ahead <laughs> <laughs> step two was allow and encourage a vibrations to spread through your entire body so when you actually go into the state as i remember is that your body it's like you'll either hear sounds or um Feel your it, body vibrating, and that's well, like normal. To, I would like to clarify that. There, there's about 30% of people that get nothing. No. Yes. That's the majority of people will get something. Let's just say they'll think it's physical. It is not physical. You're beginning to activate your energy body. And then you, they, these vibrations, these energies, there's fluctuations of your energy field will begin to occur. It's all positive. You don't focus on that. You allow it to happen. It's a positive indication, but it's, in other words, don't get fixated on it. Right. Don't get fixated on the sound if it doesn't happen. And then step three from your book is as you allow the vibration to expand, visualize yourself moving away from your physical body toward another area in your home. This visualization can be enhanced by mentally directing yourself from the repeated thought, now I move to the door. Yes. In other words, focus your attention away from your body because most people most people don't realize this this is not some airy fairy tinkerbell thing that many people believe it is where you're just going to float up that's not the case for most people yeah. we yeah. must we create our reality we must direct our consciousness away from the biological body yeah and i want to talk a little bit more about that we're going to be doing a youtube video right after this um and we only have a minute to finish up I, I, this is just, I could be talking to you for hours. This is just <laughs> fascinating. All right, so we actually have William Burham, who's the um, author of Adventures Beyond the Body. This is his first book. He has two more books out. He has CDs. Um, tell us your website if folks want to get to you. It's www.astralinfo.org. And on that, um, on your website, there's actually a bunch of different techniques, probably yes. about 10 different techniques and a bunch of questions and answers because this is such a rich and deep 
topic. And so um, I'm going to be talking to William a little bit more in a YouTube video on how to do it. Um, and then uh, make sure to check out his website, um, read this book. This is a really good primer. Um, and it, and I say the, the nicest thing about this book is it's written in a very kind of non-woo-woo way. <laughs> Which yeah. I like. I like a lot. So thank you so much for being on this radio show. Thank you so much. And uh, folks, make sure to check out um, William's website. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Fire It Up with CJ show. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you learned something or found something that you'd like to try out. It means so much to me that you're listening to the show. I would love your support in any way by giving me comments below or to subscribe to the show or share the show with friends. Thank you again for your support, love and blessings.